This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Ifill. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church. And I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. Today we start a brand new sermon series called Not the Same. And we're really going to be comparing Christianity to every other worldwide religion that's out there. And so uh, I hope that you uh, tune into every single week or come join us in person sometime at 8.30, 9.45 and 11 o'clock every single Sunday morning. This sermon series is one that you will not want to miss. And so every single week there's going to be some really great nuggets for you to take home. This week uh, we're simply talking about the difference between Christianity and religion or uh, religion and a relationship with God. And so, uh, man, I, I want you to know uh, it's really important that you listen to the words that we have to say this week, next week, and the weeks to come. And so I think this is going to be some really great take-home stuff for you on your own spiritual journey as you meet, know, and follow Jesus. And so um, religion is simply this. We're going, to make, we're going to define some terms here today so we can uh, ha have a good base point to circle back to. But religion is simply this. It's just good advice. You think about uh, religious people that you've met uh, that have offered you advice, and, and really, honestly, it's just just good advice for your future. There is no certainty to it, though. Oftentimes, it's, hey, I, I hope that if I do this, and if I just believe sincerely enough about one path or one way to God, then God will hear me, and then at the end of my life, he'll let me go to heaven. And, and sincerity uh, is a great thing. You should believe wholeheartedly, sincerely in whatever your faith system is. But Unfortunately, just being sincere about something doesn't necessarily mean it's the right path. For example, if we went on a road trip and you wanted to head out and you wanted to head to New York and you headed west instead of heading east, uh, you wouldn't actually make it to New York until you traveled uh, the length of the entire globe, right? And so direction does matter. It doesn't matter how sincere you are. Uh, you're not going to be able to get to New York in a car if you drive west. You have to be headed the right direction, no matter how sincere you actually are. Sincerity has absolutely nothing to do with choosing the right path or the right way. And so religion is simply good advice. Hey, this may work out, it may not, but the gospel is this. The gospel is the work of God in your life. And I want you to know God is working in your life. Here's why I know that's the case, because you're listening to this right now. And so whether you're driving in a car, sitting in your living room, uh, whether you're listening on the podcast, like God is at work in your life, that's the work of the gospel. Uh, the gospel, another, word, another phrase that we use for the gospel is the good news. Uh, and we say this a lot at our church, the good news is not something that you achieve. In religious systems, it's about achievement. I've got to do this. I've got to be baptized. I've got I to give money. I've got to show up to church. That's what religion says, right? But uh, the good news of the gospel is not about what you achieve. It's about believing and receiving what Jesus did for you. And so uh, throughout this series, uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of different counterfeit faiths or faith systems that, that may not hold up to what the Bible has to say. And so to, uh, today we're actually going to be uh, in Galatians. Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul. And all throughout this series, we're actually going to be in the epistle or in the letter of the Bible written by the Apostle Paul. And what it means to be an apostle is simply this, is that to be an apostle, you had to have some FaceTime with Jesus. Now, not FaceTime on your iPhone, but like you needed to meet Jesus face to face to be considered an apostle. And Paul writes to a church in a town known as Galatia. That's why it's known as the book of Galatians. Uh, and he's warning them about counterfeit gospels. He's warning them about uh, a counterfeit faith. And, you know, I, I actually have a $100 bill here. And uh, if you comment enough uh, on online church, 
uh, we'll actually give you this $100 bill. I'm kidding, we won't. And so uh, that's the first lie I've told today. But what I'm saying is, is this, is honestly, when you look at a $100 bill, uh, there are some things that they've done to change the $100 bill to keep it from looking counterfeit. In fact, uh, recently they changed the, the $100 bill uh, to make Ben Franklin's face, there, it's the, the, the uh, like one of the things the $100 bill is known for is Ben Franklin's face. That's why it's also uh, called, the, called Benjamin's, right? And so it's this idea that Ben Franklin's on the front, in, but they enlarged his face recently on the $100 bill. They also added this little pot of gold to the $100 bill, but they also added this little blue ribbon. Uh, and this little blue ribbon helps people that are counterfeit inspectors be able to look at $100 bills and go, is this legit or not? But doing a little research on how it is that uh, people that work in counterfeit departments, what they train them on is not what the, what the fraud bills look like or the counterfeit bills look like. What they train them on is what the real thing looks like. And like the real thing really counts. I want you to know that. And so uh, throughout this series, what I'm going to be teaching you is what is the real gospel? What is the reality behind uh, this gospel or this truth that Jesus has for us. And so my hope is that throughout this sermon series, you begin to learn the implications of the good news about Jesus uh, and that you're not confused, that you're not trying to, that, that you're no longer wondering why are there so many different faiths? Why are there so many different lowercase gods? What is this all about? And so before we jump any further, I'd like to pray for you. Uh, and I'm going to pray that you take a next step today. Can we pray together? Father, we're grateful for who you are and what you're up to in our lives. God, we know you're up to something. And so God, we just say thank you that you love us, uh, and, and God, I pray that today that you would help us to put our, our full trust, our full hope, our full belief in you. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. So we're going to be in Galatians, as I mentioned. Galatians chapter 1 is where we're going to get started. Uh, and this is what the, the Bible says. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I told you earlier, what it simply means to be an apostle is simply that you had some face time with Jesus. I was not appointed by any group, Paul writes, and he says this, I was not appointed by any group of people or by any human authority but by Jesus Christ himself, by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. Essentially, Paul gives us the gospel right there. We just celebrated Easter last weekend here at Grace River. But uh, in a nutshell, uh, Paul is letting us know what's important, that Jesus Christ himself, and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. He's, he's letting us know the essentials behind the gospels. And he says in verse 2, All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and your Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now we know this, grace and peace only comes from God. Uh, and it only comes really from knowing God. Grace and peace don't actually come from religion. Uh, grace and peace don't actually come from following rules. Grace and peace comes from knowing uh, that it was Jesus who canceled your debt. And that it's, that it's not anything else. And so that's really important. That's where grace and peace comes in, in verse 4. In verse 4 it says this, Jesus gave himself for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. So there was a rescue mission that God accomplished through his only son Jesus. All glory to the Father forever and ever. Amen. Then in verse 6, I, he says this, this is the warning here in verse 6 and 7. I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God. So he's saying I, I've heard about this additional gospel. I've heard about this additional faith that you've been adding on to, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends 
to be the good news, that pretends to be the gospel. And so, man, my hope is that we're not following a pretend or a fake or a counterfeit gospel. But verse 7, but, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. And so uh, today I want to talk to you really about the truth about Christ and the truth about religion and the truth about the gospel. And so uh, religion is simply this. It's religion is salvation through moral effort, but the gospel is about receiving what has already been done for me. Now, I, I grew up with a lot of different faith systems. My parents are amazing moral people, uh, but they, they didn't, we didn't really get raised going to church. And so I got a lot of different church backgrounds growing up. And if you're like me, you're kind of trying to figure out which one is the best background, right? And so uh, my, my grandmother on one side of the family was, was Baptist, and my grandfather on the other side of the family was Episcopalian, and all of my aunts and uncles were Catholic. And so it's like, how... How does this work? Like, what is the right faith system to be to be a part of? And then uh, I, I had friends that were Church of Christ, or I had other friends that went to an Assembly of God church, and I had other friends that were Mormons, and I had other friends uh, that were Islamic. And so, like, how how do you know uh, what is the right church or the, even the right faith system to be a part of? And what what I found was this: is that it, it wasn't necessarily about a denomination. Uh, instead, it was about what do we do with Jesus. And religion is simply this, it's salvation through following rules, through moral effort. It's this concept or this idea that just pick a path, and when you sincerely follow that path to its fullest, well, then you'll get to God. And the difficulty, I could give you all kinds of illustrations about that, but the difficulty is, is that's actually nowhere in the Bible. Uh, that's actually in, in any faith system that you look at. They will tell you that they really do believe that they, they have the right faith system. And so sincerity has nothing really to do with it, or even morality doesn't have much to do with it. Yes, you should want to live a morally good life as a result of following Jesus. But the harsh reality is that uh, if you're just hoping that your good outweighs your bad at the end of your life, that's a scary place to be because we're, none of us are good people. And how good is good enough. And so Religion is salvation. It's really a, a man-made salvation with this idea that, man, if I can just be a good enough person, uh, then I can achieve righteousness or right standing or justification with a holy God. But the gospel is, is different. In fact, the gospel is about receiving what's already been done for me. You know, the reason why Jesus came and lived and died on a cross was he fulfilled something that you and I couldn't do on our own is he died in our place as our substitute, and you and I could have never fulfilled that. So what's really difficult about the gospel is it is simply just believing and receiving what's already been done for us, and it's almost too good to be true. You're like, is that really all it takes? Well, what you'll learn is, is this, is that although it is all it takes to get started, salvation is free, but it will literally cost you everything. And what I mean by that is, is that it's only reasonable that we give our lives back to a God who gave us his life. And so that's the first thing. That's the first thing that makes religion different than the gospel uh, is that religion is salvation through moral effort and the gospel is about receiving what's already been done for me. And the second thing is, is that religious fo religion focuses on what I do or what I don't do. And the gospel focuses on what Jesus has already done for me. Now, we've all met some religious people that are a little weird, right? And and over the years, I've met lots of religious, strange people that kind of like made up rules as they went along. And so I've met religious people that don't go to movies. Uh, I've met religious people uh, that wear jeans to water theme parks. Like, 
Um, and I, I remember going to a youth camp whenever I was in high school, and you couldn't wear uh, you couldn't wear jeans to the pool, or no, you had to wear jeans as you walked down to the pool. And I remember thinking, this is a really odd, strange rule. Uh, I had a Christian friend uh, that liked to follow rules, and it was more about religion than a relationship with God. Uh, and it was interesting because, like, we would listen to music on the way to church uh, that obviously wasn't, like, great music. You know, I'm not going to list the rap artists or anything like that, uh, but, like, really not great stuff. And then we'd walk inside of church, and that particular church had a certain set of rules about music that you could listen to and music that you couldn't listen to. And I remember thinking, this doesn't make sense to me. This is a little weird. This is a little odd. And when I say a little, it's big time weird and big time odd. But I, but I think today, you know, oftentimes when it comes to religion, religion focuses on what I do and what I don't do. It's, it's about a list of wrongs and a list of rights. And when it comes to a relationship with God, the gospel focuses on said on, instead of what, what I do or what I don't do, the gospel really focuses on what Jesus himself has done for me, the importance of, of what he's done. It's Jesus is in the center of this, right? So religion is, is oftentimes me-focused. It's about what I've done, what I haven't done. It's about me. But instead, the gospel is about Jesus and him being the central theme, the central focus of your life is just receiving what it was, what it is that Jesus has done for us. And then the third thing is, is that religion is motivated by fear, uh, but the gospel is motivated out of love. So religion is motivated out of fear. Okay, and we've all been in that situation before. Maybe you've been to a church where they scared literally the hell into you or out of you. And you're thinking, oh man, I have to believe this. And if I don't believe this, then I could spend an eternity in a really dark, horrible, terrible place. And that actually is a reality. But religion oftentimes is motivated by fear to say, man, I'm going to make this decision based out of fear, or I'm going to follow these rules based out of fear, or I'm going to do this out of fear. But instead, a relationship with God or the gospel is motivated out of love by, by simply saying this, I want to obey the rules because I understand how much it is that God loves me. I, I say this all the time at Grace River. If we had a deeper understanding about how much God loved us, it would make it way easier to obey. Our problem is not that we don't love God enough. Our problem is this, is that we don't understand how much that God truly loves us. And I need you to get that today. God is absolutely crazy about you. He's not crazy about how you ought to be, but he's crazy about you right now. But he also loves you enough not to keep you the same way that he found you. And so the gospel is truly motivated by love, man. My hope today is that, is that you're not motivated out of fear. If you are, you're probably following a religion. But if you've experienced the grace and the goodness of Jesus, well, if you experience it, you'll know what this, this phrase actually means. The gospel is too good to be true, but better than you could ever possibly imagine. Like the truth about Jesus is almost too good to be true. You're like, are you kidding me? This is all it takes is that I would simply believe and receive what's already been done for me. And the answer to that question is yes, that really is all it takes. But although... Uh, the, the, the salvation is free through Jesus. It will cost you everything. And so I like to wrap up every sermon with some next steps for you to consider and think about. And the first next step is simply this. Would you just simply decide that you would trust that the gospel is enough? That you would trust that this story of Jesus, this person Jesus that came over 2,000 years ago to come live a perfect life, to die on a cross for our sins, to borrow a tomb and resurrect three, laters, that three days later, that that, that, that is enough. That it's not Jesus plus a bunch of other things, that Jesus is enough. That it's not Jesus 
plus some church traditions, that it's not the Bible plus some other books, uh, that it's just Jesus, his story in the Bible and nothing else, period. That that is it. That you could trust that the gospel is enough. That the good news is not something that you achieve. Instead, it's something that you believe and receive. And maybe the next step is that, that you would just trust today that the gospel is enough. And in a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Uh, and man, you can pray along with me and you can pray a prayer that says that I'm trusting that the good news about Jesus is enough for me, that I don't need anything else. Maybe that's the next step. Maybe your next step is going public with your faith uh, through water baptism. And man, uh, in fact, uh, next weekend at Grace River, we're baptizing. And you can learn more about that on our website at graceriver.cc forward slash baptism. So April 23rd, uh, we're going to baptize some folks. It's going to be awesome. We've got 15 or 20 people already lined up to be baptized in all three of our services uh, different people in each service. And so you can sign up online uh, to get baptized. We have everything that you need, shorts, t-shirts, whatever you need. We, we, we'll answer your questions that you may have about baptism. And you may wonder who's a candidate for baptism or who's, who's supposed to get baptized. Anybody that has trusted in the gospel, anyone who's trusted uh, in this good news story that Jesus is enough. And if you've never done that in your adult life, I want to encourage you to take that step. And you can sign up online today for next weekend's uh, baptism service. This is something that I would love for you to be a part of. This really is a first step of obedience. Uh, and man, God's not going to give you more to be disobedient with. Your first step is just simply trusting in him. And here's the good news. I don't want to motivate you uh, out of fear. All right. You don't actually have to be baptized to go to heaven. I, I need you to understand that, that Jesus is enough. I said it earlier the reason we get baptized is because we realize how much God loves us. And so you don't have to be baptized. You don't have to ever show up to church. You don't have to ever give. You don't have to ever serve. But you should want to. And here's why. Because this amazing God sent his only son to come and die in your place. He bankrupts heaven and gives up his most valuable possession. Why? Because he finds you valuable. Because he looks at you and says, man, I love him. I love her. Like I find that person valuable. Back to the $100 bill. If I took this $100 bill and I just slightly tore it, just a tiny tear, would you, would you still want it? I, I know I would because it would still hold the same amount of value. What if I took this $100 bill and I crumpled it up? Well, would you still want it? I mean, I know I, I, I would still want it. Like I, I'd flatten it out. I'd put it, I'd put it under a book. I'd iron it out. I'd figure out a way, right, to make this to make this usable. And, and what we know about this $100 bill is the ribbon's still in it. It's not counterfeit. Like it still, it still works today, right now. You could go to a store and spend this right now because it's still valuable. And here's what I need you to know about yourself is that God looks at you with all your wrinkles, with all your scars, and he still looks at you and says, I mean, I love her. I love him. I still find value in them. And man, your next step may just be simply saying, man, I'm going to believe and receive what God's done for me. Or your next step may be you go and share this story, the good news about Jesus. Like if you're a Christian uh, and you're not sharing this good news, what are you waiting on? Like we've got this awesome opportunity to talk about this God who absolutely loves us. And so, man, what are your next steps? And maybe your next step is simply declaring that he's the Lord of your life. If that's the case, you can pray a prayer just like this. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And maybe right now you just pray about what your next step is. What is it for you? Is it publicly declaring him a savior? Is it is it making that public uh, by, by declaring him as Lord or is it coming, coming to baptism next weekend and getting baptized or is it simply sharing the good news about Jesus in your own life?
If you're ready to take that next step and make Jesus the Savior of your life, you can pray a prayer like this. God, thank you for sending your only son, Jesus, to come and die in my place. God, today I recognize and I acknowledge that I've sinned and I've fallen short. But God, I believe that you sent your only son for all my mistakes, for all my hurts, for all my habits, for all my hang-ups. And God, today I confess with my heart and with my life, you and only you to be my Savior. God, I'm not trusting in me anymore. I'm not trusting in a religious system anymore. I'm trusting in you. So God, thank you for sending your only son, Jesus. I believe that it was his life in exchange for mine. And I confess today with my heart and my life, you and only you to be the Savior of my life. God, thank you for saving me and making me a Christian. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.